Well, good morning, church. Man, God is worthy of it all. Amen. Love that. I absolutely love that. Man, it is great to be back here with all of you this morning as we come and worship our awesome God and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. If you are new with us, you are new with us this morning, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. My name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors at staff here, and we love the fact that you are here with us this morning. We celebrate that you're here this morning, and we hope that you enjoy your time with us today, and you'll come join us again as we chase this life, what it means to to live for and follow Jesus Christ. Um, Open your Bibles, if you would, gang, to Acts chapter 26. We're going to jump into this morning. Acts chapter 26, whatever you have to read God's Word, your Bible, your Bible app, whatever it be. Acts 26, we'll be starting in verse four this morning. Um, this, week, this morning we actually take another step into our latest series titled Sent. It's a series that, have, that I have shared each week. It's the series to help us as a church. It's a series to equip us as a church. And it's my hope as we walk this, this series is it's a series to inspire us as a church, to live every day that we have as an opportunity that God has given us to share Jesus with people around us. Every single day that God has given us was an opportunity to share Jesus with the people around us. Because that is our mission as a church. Our mission is very, very simple, to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is our mission because that's the mission that Jesus gave his church. We want to reach people with a message of hope so they realize they need Jesus in their life. And by the way, that happened last week in this church a little girl named Gracie Ann Schmidt, it was in part of our Christian Now uh, classroom last week, first service, and she gave her life to Jesus, okay? That, that's amazing, right? And that, that's why we're here. That's what we want to do. We want to see that over and over again, celebrate lives changed by Jesus Christ. And in this series, we're going to be focusing on the more. We're going to be zeroing in on this idea of more disciples by simply by you, me, we as a church becoming better disciples, better equipped, better ready to share what God has given us and what he has done in our lives. Because if you're in this room this morning and you have been given your life to Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of your life, you have been sent You have been given a mission by Jesus Christ to go reach people with the truth that he changes everything. You have been given a mission by your Lord to to share that information, that truth, that Jesus came to live, to die, and conquer death so we could do the same by laying our lives bare and surrendering it to him. And that is the truth of their mission. But don't take my words for it. I can sit here and talk all morning long, but I want you to hear Jesus' words. Jesus' words are like, so you understand that's not just Rich saying this, this is Jesus talking. In fact, in John chapter 17, Jesus is talking to the Father about the future of his followers and what he has called them to do. Look what he says in John 17, verse 18. It says, as you have sent me into the world, I have, we got one, we got one. Thank you, Philip. As you have sent me into the world, I have them into the world. Right. If you are in Jesus, you have been sent into the world to reclaim the truth. Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. That's why he came, the kingdom of God. And we too have been sent into the world to do the exact same thing. So last week, we took... And stopped and looked at an in-depth look to his story, Jesus' story. 
Will we share it? Can we share it? Equipping ourselves to be ready. Well, today we're going to turn the tables. We're going to turn the tables and we're going to look it into our own lives, our story. You know, see, sometimes I think that too many of us underestimate the power of a personal testimony, our testimony, that we can take what God has done in our life, what's taking place in our lives, and use it to point other people towards Jesus. You have no idea how how the the gospel in our life can bring relevancy to someone else's life. How the gospel in our life can bring clarity to the gospel in their life by the power of our testimony of God working in our lives. And it builds the bridge, right? It builds the bridge from what we are proclaiming to the life that's been transforming in front of the people we're talking to. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to learn together, equip each other to build a bridge to build our story. And our story is going to take place in three different parts. It's going to be for Jesus, it's going to be why Jesus, and then it's going to be after Jesus. Before Jesus, why Jesus, and after Jesus. And what we're going to do is when we take all these three parts and put them together, and we can share this story with the people in our lives, they'll truly understand that Jesus does change everything. Jesus changes what? Everything. Let me say it again. Jesus changes what? Everything. Amen. In order to do that, we're going to take a look at one of the greatest life transformations by Jesus in Scripture. We're going to be digging into this morning in Acts chapter 26, digging into a life of a man who absolutely hated Jesus and anyone who followed him. And that was the truth of his life until he came face to face with the risen Christ. And when he came face to face with the risen Christ, a whole life change took place. And his end story, his story after Jesus paved the way for Jesus' followers for almost 2,000 years. Now, here's the thing. I know that there's some of you here in this room who do not believe in Jesus yet. You do not have a personal relationship with Jesus yet. And I can respect that. And I love the fact that you are here. And if that's you here, here this morning, praise God that you're here. But if that's you here this morning, you can just sit back and relax. You can just sit back and relax and enjoy the coffee and hot cocoa you got before you came in. Right? You can just, just, ah, he's not going to be bothering me today. Right? You guys, what you can do. But don't tune me out. Because what I'm going to be sharing to you, what we're going to be walking through this morning, you should see in the lives of those who invited you to come. You should see in the lives of those who have been saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. So when we say that Jesus changes everything, that you can see it in their lives. You can see that there is a before. You know there's a before. You know there's a why. And you absolutely see that there's an after. And that after Jesus better look way different than before Jesus. You should see that in their lives. Now for the rest of us, (laughs) I just got your attention, didn't I? Because the people around us are going to be looking into our lives. They're going to be watching us. We say, I say when it comes to kids, more is caught than taught because our kids watch us. We say be nice to people, then we're going to be mean. They're like, oh, what, William, what's that? 
That's the same when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. If we say we're a follower of Christ, our life is changed. People are looking into our life and see if our lives are truly changed. So we gotta be ready. We need to understand that these three phrases, before Jesus, why Jesus, after Jesus, string together for a purpose of a powerful testimony that points people to him. So right now you're open to a passage of scripture that we're gonna be digging deep in again this morning. And the follower of Jesus, his name is Paul. His name used to be Saul, but God changed that too. God changes everything, you know, Jesus changes everything. And as we step into this conversation, Paul, for his faith, has been under house arrest for two years in Caesarea. And what he's doing, he's pleading his case to, to King Agrippa and talking to him about what is going on in his life as he's going under trial. So if your Bible is open, you can follow on the screen, Acts 26, starting at verse 4. So the Jewish people all know, this is Paul speaking, the Jewish people all know the way that I have lived ever since I was a child from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they're willing, that I conform to the strictest sect, sect of our, our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I'm on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes were hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it's because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why, why should any of you consider incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced I ought to do all that was possible, huge there, all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And just what I, and exactly what I did, it was in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. I was there when they were put to death. I cast my vote against them. And many a time, I went from one synagogue to another and had them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them, the followers of Jesus, that even when I hunted them down and went into foreign cities. Come on. Tell me that's not clear that Paul had a before Jesus life. A life that was completely against Christ. He was a Pharisee. A Pharisee meant that he was one of the, among the top religious leaders of the Jewish people. And the Jews believed that God was going to send the one. They were going to send the Messiah, the anointed one. But they don't believe that Jesus was he. And Paul hated Jesus and anyone who followed him. But what I find interesting is the story that as Paul is sharing, he starts this whole thing off talking to King Agrippa. He says, the people all know the way that I have lived. The people all know the way I have lived. The people closest to me knew how I lived and how I lived my life. They could vouch for it. They remembered it. If they were willing to testify, they could share it. They could probably tell stories about what I have done and who I was. Well, church, that's the same for you and I. That's the same for us. 
We have people in our lives that know. People in our lives have heard, who are part of it. They know our lives. They know our past before Jesus stories. They know the good about us, the bad about us, the indifferent about us. It doesn't make a difference. We all have a before Jesus story. And so when it comes to us, understand that we've been sent. When it comes to us, we need to reach people with a message of hope. We need to know this part. You need to know your life before following Jesus. You're like, come on, Rich, that's a no-brainer. Well, yeah. But can you share it in a context that needs to be shared? Let me, I don't think I got you this morning. Let me just see if we can reel this in. If you are breathing right now, raise your hand. Okay, please look, hold your hand up, hold your hand up. If you don't see a hand up, tap that person on the shoulder. They should be breathing. If you are breathing, you have a before Jesus story. Because every single human being has a before Jesus story. We may not like it. It may hurt to share it. But it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And before Jesus, I'm talking about a story where we're rejecting God, where we're living for ourselves, where we're choosing to be who we want to be, doing what we want to do, going where we want to go, have no care about what God says and what he says in his word about how we should live. The before Jesus story. And again, some of you in this room may be still living that. We can, where we understand where God can use everything in our lives starting with our before Jesus story. And this is the amazing thing about this. All of our stories are different. Every single one of our stories are different. We all have unique lives. No two stories are the same. Sure, they're gonna have similarities, but they're not the same. They're never the same. And that's for good reason. Because God's gonna use your unique story for his purposes. To reach people. God can take our past pain. He can take our current suffering. He can take our joy, our sadness, our family, our childhood, our singleness. He can use our everything to connect it with him, with others, and point people to him. He can take all of our decisions that we have made up to our life to this point. He can take all the decisions that were made to us, for us, against us. He can take the sum of total of who we are in this room right here, right now, as you just took that breath and use it to reach people for Jesus. Your unique story. And for some of you in this room, that's exactly what he has done. He's allowed you to use your testimony to point people to him and how he's changed you. And there was a before Jesus you. Now I get it. Some of you who came to Christ and surrendered your life to Jesus when you were a little kid. You are a young kid, right? You're like five, six years old. Like, I gave my life to Jesus then. You're like, I don't have a story, Rich. And so when it comes to this idea of telling your story, people ask you like, well, what was your life before Jesus? You're like, listen, listen, listen. My life was rough. I was drinking, you know, doing drugs and chasing girls and the age of five, everything changed. 
No. My first gang was on the playground. So you're wondering, like, I mean, how can I tell my story? You have a story. Just sit back and think about what God has kept you from. Think about what he's walked you through in your life. Think about where you might be without Jesus in your life. Your story is exactly what God wants your story to be, and he wants to use it. It doesn't matter how you step into this. It doesn't matter when you step into this, because before you, God can use it, you need to tell it. Because it's your story. And your story can impact so many people around you. Because the church needs more than my story. The church needs your story. But I want to shoot out here a word of warning when it comes to sharing our story, our before Jesus story. Is it rolls out, if it rolls out anything like mine. See, I, I came to Christ when I was 27 with a whole life history of walking without God in my life, we need to be careful. Because if we're not careful when telling the before Jesus story, we can start glorifying our sinful life. And we, want to glor- we don't want to glorify our sin, we want to glorify our God. We need to keep in mind, it's not about when we're telling our story before Jesus' story, that's not about reminiscing of what we, were di- what we did before Jesus or celebrating we were at. It's simply to reveal where we were to show, so we can show where God has brought us to and through. That in Jesus we are new creations. That he's brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son whom he loves. Why? Because Jesus is all about redemption, not reminiscing. Right? Which also leads me to say, not everyone who needs Jesus is lonely. Not everyone who needs Jesus is sad or in pain or at the lowest part of their life. There are many people who we are connected to that their lives are going pretty good. They're doing well. They're happy people and they seem to have really good lives. And, but they still see they're separated from God through Jesus Christ. See, the gospel is not about making miserable people, miserable people happy. The gospel is not about making happy people happier. The gospel is all about bringing people who are separated from God to a restored relation to him, with him through, an, through the outstretched arms of Jesus Christ. It doesn't make a difference what the life is. Good life, great life, bad life, miserable life. It doesn't make a difference. Everyone, let me just say this, everyone needs Jesus. We have a before story. We need to know how to tell it and tell it in a way that brings the glory to God. And then as we're telling her before, we need to tell them why. Why did you decide to follow Jesus? Look at this. Keep on reading verse 12. It says, on one of these journeys, this is Paul speaking again, I was going to Damascus with the authority of the commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, I was on the road and I saw a light from heaven, brighter than a sun, blazing all around me and my companions. And we all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you and pointed to you as a servant and to be a witness of what you've seen and will see of me. Let's stop there. Why did you decide to follow Jesus, church? What was it in your life? Why did you make that decision? What led you to, to do just that? Again, this is immensely personal. Individual you. Because your story is your story. And I love this because we have this amazing, massive, powerful, all-creating God who is very, very personal to each and every one of us. A personal relationship brought through his son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus is personal. It's not about a religion, as Paul said. It's about a one-on-one relationship with the one who gave his life for you and for me. And when Paul came face-to-face with the risen Christ, his whole life changed. And that's what it took for him to realize where he was, what he needed to do, and why he needed to do it. What was it for you? Why did you decide to follow Jesus? Each of us have a a unique time or place, a a specific reason, a point in life, a position of brokenness or loneliness, a place of wanting something different, wanting realizing there's something more for you that, that you're missing. Each of us have it. What was yours? Why did you decide? Because if you're in Jesus in this room, you've given your life, You have this part of your story. And then I have to think, well, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're here and you're not there yet. I pray that one day you will be. Where you can say, this is why I decided to follow Jesus. I was invited to church by my friends and I realized I needed him. I went to my small group and they showed me the deepest love that's something that I've never experienced before in my life. Jesus made it real. And I couldn't do anything else except for surrender my life to him. I pray for you right now. See, my story began on this bridge in Owego, New York, upstate New York. I was crossing this bridge 22 years ago and I was listening to a cassette tape of praise music. Yes, yes, I said cassette tape. Okay. I was in my truck. I was crossing this, crossing this bridge. And because my brother-in-law was going to take me, I shared a couple weeks ago, he led me to Christ. He was taking me to this, this uh, men's conference called Promise Keepers. And so I was crossing the bridge, listening to this cassette tape of their praise band. And God spoke. It was just really, really creepy and amazing at the same time. It says, it's time to come home. And I almost swerved off the road, off the bridge, and into the river. I was so scared. What do you mean it's time to come home? I don't want to die. Who's talking to me? I mean, I was just, what in the world's going on in my life? I didn't share anything with anybody, not even my future wife. I was getting married in a couple months, and I was like, I'm not talking to that. She thinks I'm crazy. 
It was time to come home. It was so clear. But I didn't know what to do with it. This is where my story started. Several months later, I went to this conference. Three weeks after Stephanie and I got married, and I'm in this, I'm in this arena with 15 or 18,000 men singing praises to God. And the speaker gets up and said, listen, I can't believe with all these men in this room, there's not someone who needs to make it right with God and needs to give their life to Jesus Christ. And again, it's time to come home. And I was, and I realized it was my time to come home to my Lord. And I went down in front of these 15,000 men and I praised and raised my hand and I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. This is when my story started. This is why. Because I understood that everything that I chased for in all my life before that moment was useless, emptiness. I tried to fill the void in my life with everything that the world offered. And it was junk. Nothing fills the hole in your life more than Jesus. He's the only one It's a Jesus-sized hole, my friends. This was my story. And that was why for me, what is it for you? Why did you decide to follow Jesus? What was that time? What was that moment? What What made you push that decision? And give him your life. That being said, I want to be clear about something. Accepting Jesus as your Savior and deciding to follow him is not church. This is not, your story is not about how you started coming to church. Your story is not about coming to Jesus, is not about going to church with your grandma, your parents dragged you to church with your little kid. It's not about church. Attending church is a part of the process, Right? It's part of the process, but there's a huge difference in just attending church and in giving your life to Jesus Christ, to having this personal relationship. Look what happened to Paul. He was part of the biggest religion of the day, showing up thinking he was all that in a bag of chips. He changed, not because of church. He changed because he made Jesus his Lord. And sometimes I've talked to people over the years. And I'll say, hey, tell me about your relationship with God. And when did you give your life to Jesus Christ? And they never tell me about Jesus. They always start, well, I always went to church. Or I went to church as a little kid or a little girl, a little boy. See, coming to church is all about obedience. Gathering together and worshiping him. Church is not the destination. Our destination is Jesus and the kingdom that he offers us. So we have a before Jesus. We have a why Jesus. And the third part of your story that you have to put together is your life after Jesus. Your life after Jesus. Jesus. Let's continue reading in verse 17. It says, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open up their eyes and to turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Verse 19. So then, King Agrippa, he's still pleading his case. He says, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. 
first to those in Damascus and those in Jerusalem and all Judea and all the Gentiles, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstration for the repentance by their deeds. Let's stop there again. Trusting Jesus changed his life. He was a persecutor, now he's a proclaimer of Christ. It turned his life around that was completely against Jesus and turned his life around to the point where he was completely sold out for Jesus. What about you? How has Jesus changed your life? Think about right now one thing in your mind. Think through this with me. One thing that if you've given your life to Jesus, one thing that he has changed in your life, whatever that is as you're thinking right now, that's your after Jesus story. It's a part of it. I was over here, I was broken, lonely, and lost, and then I got Jesus and everything changed. That's a part of your story that you need to share. People need to hear how Jesus changes everything. There's a reason why I say it. All the time, Jesus changes everything because he does. Coming to him and giving him our lives, he will continue to work in our lives to make him more like him and less like the world. He'll strip away all the junk in our life that doesn't reflect him or bring him glory. He will chisel out all the hardness of the world within us to make that no longer belongs in us because we belong to him. In Jesus, he heals wounds. He fills our voids. He makes the emptiness just go away. He fulfills all that. He makes us whole. He gives us strength. He shows how to so truly love others because he truly loves us. In Jesus, he removes the greed and places us, fills us with contentment. In Jesus, he takes captive the rage it's building inside of us and gives us absolute peace. And Jesus takes the deepest, darkest parts of the pain of our life and gives us scars of victory. And that's only what Jesus has done for me. What has Jesus done for you? How has he healed you? How has he held you? How has he loved you? How has he stripped the world out of you and made you more like him? What is it? That's your after Jesus story. A powerful testimony of what God can do in our lives if we let him. You know, several years ago, Steph and I were meeting a, with a, a woman in our church we're walking her through what it looked like to surrender her life to Jesus Christ. And I presented the gospel, the G-O-S-P-E-L, and I presented the whole thing. We did the bridge example, and, and all of it looked great. And she understood it all. But when it came down, I said, what's holding you back? And she said, I just got this thing with my mom. I can't forgive her. And if I give my life to Jesus, it means I'm gonna have to. And at that moment, my wife, Stephanie, just started sharing her story. The story with her and her mom. How they had a broken relationship and they were hurt and they were separated from each other. And how God showed her how to forgive her mom. 
and walked her through what it looked like to have a healing relationship with her mother. They had guardrails put in place. But how God restored their relationship as mother and daughter. And the freedom that she experienced because she let Jesus do just that. And as I was sitting there, I was witnessing this take place. As Stephanie was sharing her story, I could visibly see the change in Aaron's demeanor. I could tell her, tell her she believed. I knew that she believed, but she finally worked through what was in front of her. And as I'm sitting there and I'm crying like a baby, like I always do, I said, what's holding you back? She says, well, I want to go home and I want to pray with my daughter because her daughter accepted Christ a month prior. And that night, Stephanie and I both received the text. She says, I did it. I surrendered. Friends, never underestimate the power of a testimony. Your story and how it opens up the eyes of the people around us to see the truth and the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know it's tough to share that part. I know it's hard and some things you're bringing up stuff that's hurting with you inside from the past. But it's a powerful, powerful truth of a loving Christ. There's a before Jesus. There's a why Jesus. And there's an after Jesus. Can you tell your story? Will you tell your story? Because someone in your life needs to hear it. Because someone in your life needs Christ. And so on your way out, you're going to be receiving one of these bulletins. And you're going to walk through three questions. And I want to challenge you this week, either by yourself or with your small groups, to start writing out each part of this, your life before Jesus, write it out. Why did you follow Jesus, decide to follow Jesus? Write it out. On the back, after your, your life, after following Jesus, write it out. You know, you might not have enough room when you start putting this all together. You may think, oh my word, there's 5,000 words. Well, then break it down to 2,000. And then break it down to 1,000. And then 500. And learn to tell the parts and the pieces that it glorify God the most. And then once you're all done, there's a little spot with all these spaces for names for you to go tell them. Who are you going to tell your story to? Oh, shoot. It's really good if I just write it down and put it in the drawer, right? No. Before God can use it, you need to tell it. See, we are witnesses of a life changed by Christ. We learn to tell his story. And in the process, we learn to tell our story, what he has done for us. That is you, me, we becoming better disciples for kingdom purposes. We have been sent. Now go.
pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the truth of your word. God, I thank you for Paul's testimony. How a man, the hated Jesus, how you wrenched his heart into a man who was sold out for your son. I pray that for me, that you will continue to mold me, that you continue to chisel me, that you continue to use my story for your glory. And I pray the same for our church, that you will work in them and through them, that they'll be willing to take the step of bravery to share it, work through it with their small groups and to get it to the point where they can do just that. Help us be better equipped. Help us live a life that's fully surrendered for your mission, for your church, this church. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. If you're in this room and you're walking through some stuff in life, the junk that I shared or talked about earlier, and you want to be prayed over and prayed with, I encourage you to come forward. We believe in the power of prayer in your life. And if you're in this room and you do not have a why Jesus or an after Jesus part of your life, and you're ready to submit and surrender to him, come forward. Talk with, talk with our prayer team. They want to pray with you as you cross the threshold of faith. God wants to use your story too. He loves you that much. He sent his son. Very challenging if you ask me. But God wants to use me and that brings me great joy. And he wants to do the same for you. God bless you, church. Have a great day. Don't forget dollar difference on your way out. We'll see you next week.